but I wanna talk to you today about receiving, being open to receive. It's the quarterback's job to throw the ball accurately, right? It's the quarterback's job to throw the ball accurately, but it's the receiver's job to get open. Come on. Jesus throws the ball to you. He throws you mission. He throws you wisdom and revelation. He throws you truth. He he throws you blessing. He throws you his mindset, his word to you. He throws power and blessing and promises to you. He's accurate in his throws. Amen. But the question is, are we in position as a receiver? That's our responsibility. It's, It's not just something that happens accidentally. A receiver has to be intentional about getting into position. A receiver may have to reposition themselves throughout the route that they're running because there's been some unforeseen opposition that began to get in their way. Are you following the illustration? So the receiver is paying attention to their position. The receiver is paying attention to, is there anything in front of them? Because if there's anything in between them and receiving what the quarterback is throwing, then they have to get themselves into position, make themselves open again. See, things come in our lives, circumstances happen, you know, emotions come up, you know, habits that we allow back in our lives again, just different things occur that, that, that can get us out of position or things that can block us from receiving. So there's an intentionality in the mind of a receiver to get open. There's effort to repositioning. So many times we want God to give us something, but we're in the wrong position. We're in the wrong position mentally. We're in the wrong position because we're in unforgiveness with somebody else. We're out of position. Are you hearing me? And so change is required on my part in order to receive what God is trying to get to me, what God is trying to get to my family, what God is trying to get to my business, what God is trying to get to my country. There's change involved on my part. The the change that I have to make a decision, change that I have to step into. These are things that God has put into my hands to get into position. There are things that God does, and then there's things that I have to do in order to be open as well. Amen. Open your Bibles now, if you haven't gotten there yet, to Romans chapter 12. Have you found it in your Bible? Romans chapter 12, verse 2, talking about being open, talking about changing us, transforming us. Romans 12, verse 2, I'm going to read to you from the New Living Bible. Do not copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. Listen to that opening line one more time. Let God transform you into a new person. How many of you want God to transform you into a new person? Do you still believe there's more for you, even if you've been a Christian for 40 years, that there's still another level of a new person that you can become? Amen? You haven't seen it all, my friend. God is infinitely amazing. He's got a whole lot more in front of you if you're open. Let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. This whole idea of receiving from God, this whole idea of being changed and transformed is connected to how we think. There's a lot of things that God is trying to give to you, a lot of truth he's trying to get to you, a lot of blessing he's trying to get to you, a lot of his promise he's trying to get to you, but there's some changing the way we think that has to occur. 
there's some mindsets that we have to identify and say, this mindset is, is, is getting me out of position. It's not that God's not trying to bless you. It's not that God isn't trying to prosper your family or prosper your business or to get involved. It's, there are things that we have to let God transform the way we think. We're thinking wrong. We're out of position in our mind. And so God is saying, let me change your life if you'll be open to changing the way you think. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 23 should be on the screen, but simply the Bible says, let the Spirit renew our thoughts and our attitudes. This idea of getting into position, getting into alignment, getting into a place to receive from God, there's a lot of mindsets and thoughts, and there's a lot of attitudes. Holy Spirit today, that's my prayer, get us in position, help us to get positioned in our thoughts and positioned in our attitudes. Our attitudes can block us from receiving from God. You can't just have whatever attitude you wake up with that day and expect to receive everything God has for you that day. See, that's the thing about getting into position to receive. Getting into position to receive is intentional, but it's not like you're just in position one and done. You're constantly kind of keeping an eye on the quarterback. You're constantly keeping an eye on what's going on around you or what's going on on the inside of you. And if you get out of position, then you get back into position because nothing is worth missing what God is sending. Amen. See, sometimes we're like, yeah, I got into position in 1985. I, I adjusted my attitude towards God. Well, I'll guarantee you, your attitude needs a new adjustment since 1985. Thought processes need new adjustments and renewing, amen, to be transformed and to continue to be transformed, to continue to be changed. This is constant inventory. This is constant intentionality. The, the game is always changing. The field is always changing. The opposition is always coming from different angles. But, you know, we have to get into position and stay there. And then we get into position again if something happens. How many of you stuff has happened in the last 12 months in your life? Stuff. Stuff that could have given you bad attitudes, stuff that can give you wrong thought processes, stuff that can get you bitter towards other people, stuff that can even get you bitter towards God. We must address it. We must identify it and reposition ourselves because nothing is worth missing what God is trying to bring into your life. Let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. I love that, that it's also God's Spirit that's helping us do it. The moment we identify it, you know what's so cool about God? He helps us both to will and do his good pleasure. God doesn't just look at you and say, hey, fix yourself. He needs us to, uh, to see it. He needs us to see it. Give us eyes to see and ears to hear that there's a blockage, that we're out of alignment, that there's an attitude, a thought process, a mindset that needs to be transformed so we can be changed. But then he walks us through it. He doesn't just point it out and try to embarrass you. God is never trying to embarrass you when he points out an attitude, an action, a thought process. You know God is never trying to humiliate you when he points things out to you? He's trying to help you. He's trying to bring you blessing. He's trying to, he's trying to point it out because he knows that that's not really you. That's not the you he knows you to be. And he's trying to identify something that's not you anymore. And he's saying, come up higher. God loves you and is for you, amen? So you never have to be worried about what God has to say about what's going on in your life as if him showing it to you is meant to harm you in any way or meant to limit you or humiliate you. He's always trying to bless you, trying to increase your life. Open your Bibles, if you would, please, to the book of Corinthians, chapter 10. 
Corinthians chapter 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. This whole idea of thoughts, the whole idea of taking inventory of your thoughts and thoughts being out of position, mindsets being out of position. You know, we are so blessed that we have the ability to think about our thoughts. I know I'm going to teach you in the next few months. I talk a lot about your thought life because it's in that thought life that we get into position. It's in that thought life that we're transformed by the renewing of our mind. Amen. We have to understand that so many of the things that we allow in our lives, it all, the battle starts up here. The battle is what's going on between our ears. So if we can get a handle of this, we can get so many things in the area of victory by just getting a handle of what's going on up here. But we have the power to think about our thoughts. I love that. I don't think a dog thinks about his thoughts. If you look at your dog sitting there in front of the fireplace or by your chair, I don't think he's laying there contemplating life and existence. I don't think he's sitting there going, I wonder if I had the right attitude today. I wonder if I have the right perspective of life. All he thinks is like ball, food, you know, dig, chew, chase myself, <laughs> catch it, don't know what to do with it, so I chase it again. But we have this beautiful ability, even today, are your thoughts right? Is there any blockage between you and God? Is your attitudes right between you and God? Is there anything that's out of position, that's keeping you from receiving what God would have for you in your life? We have the ability to take inventory of that. I love this verse in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, talking about the weapons that we wage a good warfare with. But look where the weapons take us. Look the power that we have. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3. We are humans, but we do not wage war as humans do. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and we teach them to obey Christ. This verse in the King James sounds really good. It says, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations, and everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. You know, sometimes the King James just knows how to get it done. You know what I mean? Just says it, man. I love the New Living. It's a great readable scripture. You know, it's like, oh, you know. Be transformed by the way you think. And the King James just cuts in there and says, I'm pulling down strongholds. I'm tearing it down by the power of God. I'm kicking the devil in the face. That's my definition. But anyways. But here's what I want you to see in this. The weapons of our warfare, they're not fleshly, worldly weapons. We have a warfare to the pulling down of strongholds and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Notice that all this conversation is talking about what's going on between the ears of someone. Listen, the, the New Living does say it in a great way. We don't wage war like man does. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down strongholds of human reasoning. Sometimes we don't realize what the strongholds are, what the walls are, what the barriers are that are blocking the knowledge of God, but the knowledge also from God. 
God is trying to grant knowledge. God is trying to speak truth. God is trying to give revelation. God is trying to speak promise over your life. God is trying to give you hope and covenants and a future that you can't see. And there's strongholds and there's blockages and there's walls, but the walls are here. The walls are in our mindsets and the strongholds are here. These, these barriers, these high things that have exalted themselves against the knowledge or against knowing what God is trying to do and say. Can you see this? These strongholds come for multiple reasons. They come through our upbringing, from culture that we've received from family or from the, the city or the country we live in. These strongholds, these mindsets come from experiences that we've had. These, some of these things are things that we've created to defend ourselves from, from hurt or from things we've gone through in life. And so, we've, so we don't realize that we can build walls and strongholds or the enemy can use life. And we have these strongholds and walls that are keeping us from receiving the knowledge of God. The truth of God. We don't even know they're there. Are you understanding this? And so the weapons of our warfare, whether we're praying for people, that's why when I pray for my kids or I pray for someone that doesn't know Jesus, I begin to speak against those strongholds, those things they don't even see. See, sometimes we just say things like, God, get them saved, or God, bring them to Jesus. But do you realize you have spiritual weapons to pray, not just to bring them to Jesus, but to pray down the reasonings they have against receiving Jesus? the excuses they have, the lies that are in their head. This is our spiritual warfare. Our weapons are mighty through God because when you change what's going on in someone's head, you can transform their life. Amen. So that they can receive what God is speaking to them. So even the politicians and all this stuff, we can pray more than God just get them saved. We can begin to pray into the thoughts that are confusing them. We can begin to pray into the lies that they're believing and bring them down so that they can receive what God is trying to speak to them. We, can, we can't change someone's free will, but we can clear the path so they can receive from God clearly. Come on, somebody. Do you see that? Pray that over your grandkids. Pray that over your spouse. Pray that over the people at work. You can't control their will, but you can clear the path. Because there are spiritual walls and strongholds and lies that they've believed that are keeping them from receiving from God. Now that's for them. But now we have to honestly be open to understand that we can have strongholds in our life. Mindsets, attitudes that we're not paying attention are there. God tries to speak to you about money and this wall goes up. God tries to speak to you about forgiving someone in your past, and this wall goes up. God tries to speak to you about getting involved in church again, and you remember the last time you tried and you were disappointed, this wall goes up. You love Jesus, you're going to heaven, but you don't realize there are some walls that are moving you from being open to what God is saying to being closed to what God is saying. It may not be closed as if sending you to hell kind of closed, but it is closed as in you won't live the full life God has for you because there's walls and strongholds in your heart, in your mind, that you won't let God throw you anything. 
Come on, that was a great revelation moment. You could have said amen, you could have shouted. Someone could have done a cartwheel down the aisle. It's a great slope right here. You'll pick up wonderful speed. Are you hearing what I'm saying this morning? It's being aware, am I open or am I closed? Let me say it this way. If I'm not open, then I'm, come on, let's be honest. If I am not open for God to talk to me about my marriage, if I'm not open for God to talk to me about this secret pornography thing, if I'm not open for God to talk to me about money, if I'm not open for God to talk to me about forgiving somebody, if I'm not open for God to talk to me about becoming committed to a church or whatever, then if I'm not open, I'm, and I will miss the ball every time. Whatever, if God's trying to throw me a pass in a service, but my heart is closed in worship, or my heart is closed during the word, I will miss the ball every time. So when I come to church or I'm watching on the, on the live feed or whatever, I need to make sure I'm open. I need to make sure that there's no strongholds or any high thing that has begun to exalt itself against the knowledge that God's gonna begin speaking to me today? Is there any truth or any knowledge that I refuse to listen to right now because I'm offended? Because I was disappointed? Don't talk to me about that, God. Whenever that comes up in a service, I get angry. That's a high thing that is exalting itself and it's pushing away. It is against the knowledge of God because the truth would have made you free. Come on now. And doesn't matter how powerful the truth, if you are closed, you will not receive it. Come on. If you are closed, you are not open. And if I'm not open, it doesn't matter. The quarterback's throwing me the ball, but I'm missing it. Amen. Amen. It's important that we have a little bit of suspicion towards ourselves. <laughs> I know that sounds weird, but I'm okay with it because it makes sense to me. <laughs> There's a little bit of suspicion to ourselves where we ask ourselves, am I open? I don't just assume that I'm open. You went through a lot of life this week. There's a lot of people that did stuff. There's a lot of stuff you saw that you shouldn't have looked at. <laughs> a lot of stuff you said that you never asked for forgiveness for what you said. There's a lot of areas that we were hurt in this week, that someone just dumped on us this week. Hey, it's life, it's the fallen world. It's what God warned us against before we ate the fruit in the garden. This is like life is a minefield, right? There's just stuff. So I don't just come to church and assume I'm open. I don't just open my Bible and assume I'm open. Will I receive today? Am I in position to receive today? See, there's just the suspicion makes me ask the question, um, if I'm closed or not. You don't know if you're closed. You know what I'm saying? Like a lot of times, if you're not paying attention, you don't know that you're closed. So the preacher's preaching, love people, you know, worship God, and you're just sitting here going, whatever, dude, is this guy ever gonna stop yapping? You're closed. God's got revelation. I mean, there's, there's stuff coming from the platform that's not, it's not only powerful, it even rhymes sometimes. I mean, and then it's just going and people are getting excited and you're back here like, this person's getting healed over here, crutches are flying out the door over there and you're sitting here going, man, this is, 
And the problem is that you're closed. Why are you that way? Let me say it like this. I, when I'm closed, I don't always know I'm closed unless I'm looking for it. See, if I know I can be closed, then I'm not going to just accuse the pastor for having a bad sermon. I'm going to look at myself because here's the truth. Even in the worst sermons, if they're preaching the Word of God, the Word of God always has power in it. The Word of God always has power in it. Power enough to save your soul, power enough to set you free, power enough to heal your body. Come on. It is the Word of the living God. That's why this message has to be filled with Scripture, not just man's opinion. Because even when I'm a little off, the Word is never off. It is a sword of the Spirit. Amen. Dividing the joints in the marrow. It is pouring life as the water, living water, providing life to you. So even if my illustrations aren't cutting it, God's word is always sharp. It's always cutting it. Now, I'm not saying my messages aren't going to have some good stuff, though. I mean, 98% of the time, everything else is going to be good, too. But on the 2% that I may be off, if you've got God's word, it's enough to change your life. Are you seeing this right now? And so if you're sitting there missing it, you're missing it. God's throwing you like bombs. You know what I mean? God's just throwing you shotgun passes. Here's the revelation you need. Here's the truth you needed. This was going to set you free from pornography. This is going to set you free from bitterness. This one's going to set you free and give you eternal life. And it's just blown past you. Maybe we need to consider that we have some walls up. Maybe we need to consider that we're just not open. But praise God. I love this. If I'm not open, I have the ability to get open. I can't look at the defense, the devil, and say, it's his fault I'm not open because I have the ability to reposition myself away from the enemy. Come on now. I have the, I have the ability to reposition myself, the receiver, to get open. Amen. I can't blame the devil. And even circumstances, you say, well, circumstances this week really tick me off. First of all, thank you for your honesty. But you can't even blame circumstances for why you're closed. Because a circumstance can happen, but I have a choice. I have a choice to say, I don't care what happened today. I will not let it have that much power over me. I will get open and receive from God. No matter what they said, what they didn't say, what they did, what they didn't do, I choose to get open. And I will receive from my God. I will not blame circumstance. I will not blame Satan. I have been given free will. He has given me access to his throne of grace. I can get open. But it is my choice. God doesn't make you open. And the devil can't make you closed. Come on now. This is us about realizing, am I open or am I closed? And if I'm closed, I have the ability to get open. Amen. Don't you love that? Don't you love that? I do. See, that's the thing about not knowing you're closed and deception. The Lord told me something about deception years ago. He said, the trouble with deception is that it's so deceiving. Think about that. The trouble with deception is that it's so deceiving. Matthew chapter 7, verse 3 through 5. And why worry about a speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own? How can you say, think... How can you think of saying to your friend, let me help you with that little speck in your eye when you can't see past the log in your own eye? Hypocrite! First, get rid of the log in your own eye. Then you will see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. That verse to me 
is super convicting, but it's also very, like, it's a revelation on how deceived we can be and not even know it. You have a log in your eye. And you're focusing on these people's specs. It's like, you have a log in your eye. And I didn't know it. How do you not know you don't have, you have a log in your eye? That's the power of that scripture. We, we read it so fast about not judging other people. What's scarier is that I have a log in my eye. And I didn't see it. Let me say it like this. I am closed and I didn't see it. There are strongholds in my attitudes, strongholds in my mind, places I won't let God talk to me, places that I keep shut away and I don't notice it. Which is why the Holy Spirit needs to get in and show us attitudes and thoughts to be renewed. Are you hearing me? And so you can walk in here and say, oh man, I'm totally open. I'm so open. I'm, I'm way open. And there be a log in your eye. Areas that you won't let God talk to you. Areas that you won't let God change and transform. Things that you will not let God in. And so today, part of today is letting us know the difference between being open and being closed. And giving us a little bit of self-awareness to say, Lord, is there any area in my life? I have a log in my eye. I have a stronghold in my mind, a high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge that you're trying to bring into my life. See, in Isaiah 43, 18 and 19, you can write it down, God begins to talk to the people about doing a new thing in front of them. He says, do you not earnestly remember, he said, do not earnestly remember the former things, neither consider the things of old. Behold, I am doing a new thing, now it springs forth, do you not perceive and know it? And will you not give heed to it? I will even make in the wilderness, I will, I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. So right in front of his people, he's saying, right in your life, right around you, I am doing something new. I am doing something great. Do you not perceive it? Are you aware of it? See, they didn't know they were missing it. They didn't know their eyes were closed. They didn't know their minds were closed. I can almost hear God in this verse saying, I'm doing something new all around you. Are you open to it? Are you positioned to receive it? Don't just assume you're in position. Don't just assume that you're seeing everything. Ask me. Ask me to show you. Ask me, let, open your heart to me and let me start showing you areas you're closed. Let me start showing you areas. Don't just assume that you're totally open. Let me help you because I want to make sure you catch the new thing. I want to make sure you're a part of what I'm doing in this season, in this hour, in this moment. Amen? Amen. Getting open is not automatic. Getting open is not automatic. We make decisions to be open. Some of the areas in being open, let me bring this over here. I'm going to give you a couple illustrations about being open. Write a few words down just to kind of keep them in the back of your mind in the area of am I open or am I closed. Write the word defensiveness down. Defensiveness. 
write down the thought closed mindsets. And write this thought down, the need to be right. The need to be right. These are great tests of whether or not you're open. Are there areas that you get super defensive over? God tries to send you help and you get really defensive when people bring it up, that area. You begin to defend why you're doing that all the time or you defend your, your attitude in that area. Like, like I, am, I am justified in this anger or in this bitterness. Is there defensiveness that rises up when just simple biblical truth tries to come in? Or someone just tries to share a new thought or someone just tries to share some expression of love. Do you find yourself getting defensive? If you find yourself getting defensive, perhaps it's a good moment to ask, why am I so closed right now? Could I have a log in my eye? Could I have a stronghold in a specific area? God sends help, God sends people, God sends scripture or even prophetic moments into your life. And every time a word of prophecy comes about that area, there's a defensiveness. Every time a scripture you read, you're just defensive about that scripture, you're defensive about it, and you, you, these high things begin to rise. Today, my friend, it's about identifying what that's doing. It's trying to keep you captive in a stronghold. It's trying to keep you away from receiving what God's trying to bring you in your life. It is not serving you. You think your defensiveness is protecting you. Your defensiveness is imprisoning you. You're on the inside of the, of the cell. Those bars around you that you think are keeping the wrong things or keeping those things out are actually keeping you in. Do you see that? That defensiveness is not serving you. It's actually hindering you. The question about open-mindedness, God, am I open? That closed mindsets. When God tries to bring up things about your past or God tries to bring up things about current attitudes or thought processes and you're just closed, you're just closed. You're like, no. That same as defensiveness. Let's identify those things. When those things come up and you find yourself getting into old attitudes and that, that, that posture, hopefully today kind of rings the bell for you that when you see that, it's a little alarm going off saying ding, 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 ding. Maybe there's a stronghold there. Maybe there's a mindset there. Maybe there's something there that's preventing you from receiving what God's trying to bring you today. You have the ability to think about your thoughts. You have the ability to think about your attitudes. Amen? And that whole idea of a need to be right. You know, sometimes people, especially when it comes to theology and things like that, but even beyond, when God tries to bring some truth into their life or God tries to bring some new ideas into their life, sometimes we're defensive and we have closed mind. Sometimes because we have this need to be right, we're afraid to be wrong. Because being wrong makes us feel small or like being wrong makes us feel vulnerable. Like I wasn't right. Like, like I defended that vehemently I defended certain thing. And for God to be able to change your mind on it, to, to, to give you something new, to do a new thing. Let me give you some examples, okay, just because I don't want to be vague on this. There's people who for generations um, are closed to the idea of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And they were raised that way. And that's, they have theology around it. They have all kinds of like beliefs about the Holy Spirit. 
And now here you're in this church and we're talking about the Holy Spirit. You're here in this church and we're, we're seeing miracles and we're seeing people speak in a language that God gives them and all these things. And, and uh, it's not that they're not happening and it's not that they're not real. And God's even trying to show you scripturally where those things are. But there's this need to be right because of your history or your past. And, and you don't like the feeling of not being right. It makes you vulnerable. But here's the thing, all learning begins with humility. Come on, come on. All learning begins with humility and approaching God saying, you know, there might be things that I didn't see. There might be things I didn't know. And you might say, well, I studied the Bible for 45 years. Well, praise God, God's been with the Bible for eternity. So there's things that he knows that you don't know. And there's things he might speak to you, but are you even willing to say, I don't have to have a need to be right? Because being right doesn't make you qualified. Jesus makes you qualified. Being right doesn't make you valuable. Jesus makes you valuable. Being right doesn't make you matter. God makes you matter. Amen. But sometimes we just have a hard time even admitting we weren't right. And so we defend. We defend being closed. We defend the non-growth mindset. We defend staying the same. Because we'd rather stay the same and say we're right then grow and say we were wrong. Are you catching this stuff? This is why I make you write things down because just, you can't remember it all, but you can go back and you can look through it again and again and again. God's thoughts. God's thoughts are not thoughts that we come to on our own naturally. That's why we have to make sure our hearts are open, our minds are open. He has thoughts towards you that you couldn't even imagine. And he wants to, that's what I love about Revelation. Revelation is different than education. Education is like progressive learning. Revelation, God like opens a curtain and shows you yourself. God drops 20 years of knowledge in a moment, in a vision, in a dream. In a second, he gives you revelation. Thoughts. Love these scriptures, Isaiah 55, 8 and 9. My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord. My ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. What is that telling me? I need to be open because I won't get to God's thoughts on my own. His thoughts are higher. His ways are better. His ways are greater. And so I need to make sure I'm open to receive his thoughts. I want to make sure there's nothing blocking what God is trying to deliver to me in truth and in understanding I wouldn't get there on my own. You see what I'm saying? God is trying to bring you his thoughts. But if I'm not open, I'm going to miss them. And it's easy to miss God's thoughts because they're so far beyond. They're out of your natural thinking. You wouldn't get to God's thoughts on your own. That's why you have to be open to God telling you things that you wouldn't have gotten, gotten there on your own. You have to be open to God speaking things to you, whether it be through a sermon or through reading the scripture or prophetic word or whatever, that you wouldn't get there on your own. God's thoughts and God's ways are not your ways. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, nor no mind has even imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. That's why it's so important that we're open. You can't sit there and say, well, I'm not open to that from God because I don't understand it. Thank God that we have a God that speaks things to us that we have to grow up into. That we don't just always comprehend that we have to receive by faith and that God can speak to us beyond ourselves. You know, the Pharisees missed the new thing. 
I'm going to give you a quick story. You know, Jesus came and the Pharisees absolutely missed him. That's amazing. Again, it goes back to the capacity of man to miss what God is doing. Let me give you a final story in Acts chapter 10. Can you go to Acts chapter 10 quickly? In Acts chapter 10, I love this progression of becoming open. This progression of becoming open in Acts chapter 10. Let me kind of set the stage. I'll tell you the story and how it applies to my life personally. And then we're going to close. Here in Acts chapter 10, there's a Gentile. Now, what is a Gentile? A Gentile is someone that was not Jewish in the New Testament. And there was a Roman leader, a Roman soldier, Centurion or whatever, Cornelius was his name, Roman officer. Cornelius was his name. And he was the, I like the, the King James says he was the leader of the Italian band. <laughs> Just love that. Sounds like a great band. And he was very generous to the synagogue, very generous to the people of God, the the Israelites, the Jews. And God had an angel visit him and began to speak to him about needing to find Peter, the apostle Peter, because Peter had something to tell him that he and his household needed to hear. And it was the message of Jesus. It was the message of being saved by grace, not by works. It was the message of Jesus dying on the cross. His blood forgiving us of our sins. And so the angel says, you need to go find this Peter, Simon Peter. And so he sends some servants to Joppa, to the house of a man named Simon a Tanner. And Peter is having a sleep. He's sleeping towards lunchtime on the roof of the house. It's hot over there. People would sleep outside on their roofs. And Peter was sleeping. And in this Acts chapter 10, God begins to talk to Peter. Man, now this is, uh, if, if you're, If you have just five minutes, please listen to this and then we're going to close. But this to me is the, it's bringing all this together in illustration. God's about to throw Peter an opportunity. God's about to throw Peter something that's going to change the world and give him a moment to accept it and be a part of that call. He's about to have the Gentiles show up and say, would you come to my house and would you bring your message to my people? Up to this point, the message of Jesus hadn't gone to any non-Jewish families yet. It was all towards the Jews. So God is about to offer Peter the first pass to be the one to bring Jesus to the Gentiles. Most of us in this room are relations to the Gentiles. We weren't born Jewish nationally, okay? And so this moment that God's about to throw to Peter is going to be like one of the most significant moments in church history, one of the most significant moments in Peter's life, but also the most significant moments for the next 2,000 years because it affects our lives. Are you seeing this? So what does God do? He gives Peter a dream. And in the dream or in the, the trance, some translations say, there's this blanket that comes down out of heaven. And inside of that blanket is all of these forbidden foods or animals that Peter was not supposed to eat. Like, you know, creeping things and whatever. And the voice from heaven comes to Peter and says, take, eat. And Peter says, no way, I'm not going to violate my conscience. I would not do that against God. I, I know what's right. Listen, Peter is, is saying he already knows Are you seeing this? God is saying, 
Take eat of these things. Formerly, these things have been forbidden, but I am telling you, take eat. And Peter is really proud of himself. He's like, I would never do that. And God says to him, he says, don't call something unclean that I call clean. Now, thank God that we are now called clean. Praise God. We were the creeps. We were the creeping things in the blankets. <laughs> and God had to show Peter this dream three times to get him open. See, because Peter was about to miss the ball. He was about to miss the pass. Because right when the, the last time he heard that, there was a knock on the door. Immediately, the Bible says. And it was those Gentile servants about to ask Peter to come. But God prepared Peter so he wouldn't miss the pass. Are you seeing this? And so when the Gentiles stepped in and said, would you come to our, our, our master's home and would you bring your message to him? Peter was open to go with the Gentiles, to go into a Gentile's house even and to preach Jesus. And the Bible says that when he got there, that Cornelius had his whole family and every packed out the house and they listened to every word coming from Peter as if it was coming from God himself. They were so eager and so hungry to receive from God. And then the Bible says that while Peter was still preaching, that the Holy Spirit was poured out upon them. And they began to speak in a new language, a heavenly language that they had never learned. They began to speak in tongues. Yes, that is in the Bible. And no one had even touched them. And Peter is standing there saying, what in the world? He says, well, how can anyone deny us baptizing them in water because God's already baptized them in the Holy Spirit. So let's go baptize them in water. So then after all this big revival goes on, he goes back to, you know, Joppa or back to, to Israel or whatever, and he starts getting ridiculed by all the other Jews. Like, how dare you go into the house of a Gentile? How dare you, you know, baptize them in water? And Peter's like, hold up. God showed me this vision and told me to go. And God baptized them in the Holy Spirit. I didn't do that. Jesus is the one that baptizes in the Holy Spirit. So he approved of them. He cleansed them. He approved of them. So how can you be upset? What I'm trying to show you is this, is that Peter had to get open. There were beliefs. There were strongholds. There were, there were new things God was trying to do in his life that if Peter would have remained closed, he would have missed the ball. He would have missed the pass. And all the people that Peter was about to bless would have missed the ball, would have missed the pass. Because Peter, in trying to do the right thing, not knowing it was a log in his eye, would actually have done the wrong thing. Come on. There are people that sit there thinking they're doing the right thing by being defensive against certain things the Bible's trying to tell them or, or against new relationships or against new people that God's trying to bring in or, or new ways, new programs, new systems, new ways of outreach, whatever. And people are trying to defend the old way and God is sitting there saying, behold, I'm doing a new thing, do not perceive it. And you're just not open to what God is doing. We gotta be careful because we can miss it. We can miss our moment, we can miss the ball. And it's important that we're constantly asking God, God, I wanna be open. I want to be open. This is the actual verse that God used to move us here from Illinois. Because we were doing a great work, a good, really strong work in northern Illinois. And God gave me a vision, a dream. And every time in that, when I went back to the dream and he told me what to do to, to lay it down and to come to Calvary, there was this 
this thing in my heart that said, God, I, I don't want to be unfaithful to the work that you gave me in Illinois. See, in trying to do the right thing, I could have been closed to the next thing that God was trying to do in Illinois and here in Calvary. And so the, the Lord, he showed me Acts 10 and he said, look, see how I showed Peter three times. And Peter said, God, I wouldn't do that. I would never violate that conscience. I would never, I would never do anything against what you've told me to do. And God's the one saying, but I'm the one telling you to shift. I'm the one telling you it's time to let go of Illinois and to go on that faith journey with me to Orlando. And so I had a friend of mine, while God was speaking to me in Acts chapter 10 here, who called me up and said, do you want a free trip to Israel? I said, sure. <laughs> I've never been. And on day one, the first place we visited, on day one, it wasn't Bethlehem, it wasn't Jerusalem, it wasn't Calvary. It was a little town called Joppa. And it was the house that Peter had this dream. And it was like God said, Kevin, I flew you all the way around the world to show you that I'm speaking to you about being open to doing something that's out of your normal understanding, that's out of what you think was right for you, that's out of the box you had put me in. See, it's not always about sin, my friend. I know today I've talked some about like God trying to correct you in sin or God trying to correct you with like disciplining you through the word or people like that. But, you know, there are ministries and ideas and opportunities that God's trying to speak to you about, but you're stuck in this box. And if you're not open to what God's talking to you about, you're gonna miss the ball of opportunities thrown to you. If I would have missed this moment where God was saying, Kevin, leave Illinois, I would have completely missed all of you. And now after knowing you, my goodness, I would have missed out on, I can't even describe to you how impressed I am with you already. And I would have missed out on all of you because I was closed to God doing something new and I would have tried to defend staying the same and not letting God move me into something new. Does this make sense? Does that illustration make sense to you? What are you missing by being closed? You know what I'm saying? We don't know what we're giving up by being closed. By being closed to the word, by being closed to God talking to you in a dream or a vision, being closed to God talking to you through prophecy, being closed to growth. What are you, what are you saying no to on the other side? So today in this series about being open, being open, being open, it's this concept that we have the capacity to be closed and not even know it, but we have the capacity then once we realize we're closed to get open. And so today it's about getting open. Thank you for listening. We hope you've been blessed by the ministry of Calvary Orlando. We invite you to join us in person at Calvary Orlando for one of our Sunday morning worship experiences each Sunday at 10.30 a.m. To find out more about Calvary, please visit our website at calvaryorlando.org. Here you can find our latest events and ministry opportunities. Thanks for listening and God bless.